for the saving of the world. Passion for the saving of the world. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you, sir. I want to thank you for ministering to us this morning. Already you've touched lives. You've healed emotions, healed minds, healed hearts. And Lord, we want to listen to you. We want to hear what you have to say. Speak to us, O Lord, and help us to understand. Give us ears of the learned. In Jesus' name, amen. A Christian person has just one duty. Your duty is not to be holy. That's his job. You just have to be willing. He made you righteous because Jesus went to the cross for you. That's settled. If you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus lives in you. If you're having doubts in your heart, saying you may not be a Christian, you, you, you can't be a Christian because of whatever, all you need to do is decide, Jesus, I want you in my heart. If he comes out of your mouth, make sure you hear yourself say it. You got to say it. If he comes out of your mouth, it becomes a spiritual word. The heavens will hear it. The devils will hear it. The angels will hear it. God will hear it. Your name instantly will be written on the book of life. Nobody can condemn you unless you decide you want to be condemned. But if you have that choice to stay with God, he stays with you. But your duty is to spread the word of God. Now, in most cultures of the world, a man waits when he has something important. When he's about to die, and he knows he's going to die, he's going to call the kids together, right? And he wants to tell them what he really wants them to be like and what he wants them to do. And the kids are usually very ready to hear what daddy or mommy has to say before they go on to the other world. And whatever, most people, whatever they tell them, they hang on to it. It's a, it's a cultural thing. It's very important. And I think God knows it, that it's important. He created us that way. And so before Jesus departed from the world, after his death, after his resurrection, notice he never said anything about spreading the gospel before he went to the cross. After his death, when it was time for him to depart, where a, a time, uh, the time where he'll never be able to sit with them to eat, that's it. Then he told them, I need you to go out into all the world. He says, it's not for you, reading Acts chapter 1, he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me. First in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. So when you were born again, he wants you to be a witness for him to the world. That's your duty. 
It's not asking anything else from you. That's what he wants you to do. He's taking care of the salvation part of it. Now your service to him is that. What you give back to him for what he's done for you is to spread the word around the world. And every time you do this, the Holy Spirit goes after you. If you really want to see God doing unusual things in your life, try preaching the gospel. You may be a little afraid at first. But as you go, the Holy Spirit will catch up with you and the power of God will begin to come out of your life. It's going to be revealed. Unusual things will begin to take place in your life, meaning God endorsing what you're doing for him. The world may not endorse it, but heaven, the heavens will endorse it. It's our duty to spread the gospel. It's not our duty for us all to be missionaries, but it's our duty to be a missionary in the place where we work, to share the gospel, to ask questions, to tell people about what's going on in church. I used to enjoy telling people about what was happening in church. I didn't want to preach to them John 3.16, but it was okay to tell them about what God has, what I saw in church. If I see somebody healed in church, I tell them about it. I, that's all I talk about. Well, you won't believe what I saw in church on Sunday morning. And, and I tell them what's happened. If I say a demon manifest in church and the person was free, you won't believe this. And you, you, when you tell them about demons, but, huh? <laughs> that stuff is real? I got your attention. Amen. Then they may ask questions. Sometimes, you're from Africa. Good luck. Yeah. What about this stuff about voodoo? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> But we have to find ways to share the gospel. You know one of the reasons why I didn't change my name from good luck? They told me, please change your name to blessing. I said, but my parents called me good luck. And, and everywhere I went, when I came to the United States, everywhere I went, when I told them my name is good luck, <laughs> they all laugh. And I says, good luck? Is that your real name or is your nickname? I said, no, it's my real name. They look at each other. He says, it's good luck. And people want me to change the name. I noticed after that, they're willing to talk to me, no matter who, professor or whoever. He wants to know, how, you got, how did you get this name in the first place? And then I go telling him how I got the name and go beyond that telling him about the real good luck. Amen. Jesus of Nazareth. We have to find a way to share the gospel. Find a way. God will give it to you if you have a heart for it. And God will begin to bring people to the kingdom through you. There's going to be judgment day. I shared, I believe on Wednesday night, uh, I was sharing with uh, the church here, how I used to go out. I, I didn't preach from the pulpit. I preached under a tree in Georgia. And I'll go out and gather the little kids from, uh, from this neighborhood and, and, and bribe them with donuts so they listen to me and, and play my, uh, uh, I think I knew only about three chords in my, my guitar then. And I'll play my three chords and all I was singing was, Father Abraham has many sons. And, and the kids and these grown graduate students turning around Father Abraham under a tree. 
And that's how we were doing it. And then I give them donuts and I talk to them about John 3.16. I had a kid living in the apartment where I was living. If I leave that kid, he gets very mad. The mother gets, good luck you left him. He wants to be a part of it. I had a little trouble with that. And then I moved from that place and I couldn't teach them anymore. The church had noticed because I begged Pastor Addison, please give me the key so I can bring them back to the church. And in church, I was teaching them. I wasn't teaching Sunday school. I wasn't teaching adults, just children at that time. And I'll bring them to church. And, 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 and they got used to church. And I was praying, God, please don't let them act bad so that church would, the church would not throw them out. And I remember Dennis, he walked up to me, good luck, good luck, what, what did you get them kids from? What did and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to tell me I can't bring them. And I'm bracing, and I'm saying, wherever he goes, if he wants a fight, I'm going to give it to him. Where are you going with this? And I said, what's the matter? And Dennis says, the kids, where did you get them from? I said, well, I got them from the neighborhood. He says, man, these are good kids. Really? He says, you're good kids. They're even better than our own kids. They listen. I said, really? Well, I feel good about this. <laughs> and you know, you go out and the kids, they want to hear the gospel. Amen? The kids want to hear. The parents will send them out. And I had a little car, and they pile up all in my car. Man, no cop stopped us in those days. I mean, they pile up all in the back, and three of them in the front with me. And, and then we all get to church. The, the thing that was so, such a blessing to me it was that as they go into class, they listen, and then they walk come out of their classroom, and they run up to me. Guess what? Good luck. And I said, what? I got saved, they tell me. And I said, wonderful. I really enjoy that. And the day they, they want to be baptized, and we'll get these kids to tell all their parents, and their brothers, the uncles, they all come to church. And uh, when I see them go up for baptism, I'm like a proud papa. Those are my kids. And before long, their parents are coming to church as well. Their parents are coming. We have to find ways to, you don't have to be behind the pulpit. It's a real blessing. I don't know how, this was maybe in the 80s. Some of those kids are grown now. And some, when I give them ice cream, they get so excited. Thank you. Thank you, good luck. Thank you, Mr. Good Luck. It was good. One day, by the grace of God, I'm going to see those kids in heaven. And I'm going to get my crown. Amen. Before God. I want to be a ruler when I get up there. I don't want to be at the gate opening the door for people to come in, you'll be happy. There's no jealousy over there, amen? No jealousy. If you are a gatekeeper, that's all you'll be for the rest of eternity. I don't want to be a gatekeeper. I want to be close to power so I can tell you what to do. <laughs> and you cannot say no or get upset. I got power, Amen? Read scriptures. Read scriptures. You remember James and John? They got the understanding. 
they, they, they were going to really come up with a good formula to get this real power. So they decided if we talk to Jesus, he probably won't listen. James and John, James and John were cousins of Jesus, you know, but that's what it is. And so they knew uh, he would respect our mother. That's his auntie. So they went to their mother and said, please tell him. Talk to him. When he gets to his kingdom, James wants to sit on the one side and me, John, I want to be on the other side of power. And so the mother went to Jesus. Can I ask you of something? And, 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 you know, you're not going to deny me? She said, go ahead, ask. The, the, the mother too, Jesus, you don't know what you're asking for. This is big deal. You don't know, are you able to go through the baptism that I'm going to go through? You know what he was talking about? His death. Are you able to go through the same baptism? They said, for that place, yes. And Jesus said, oh yeah, I know you will be, but I really don't have the right to tell you who is going to be here or who is going to be there, sitting on my right or my left. Only the Father will give that. They knew that there's going to be a place of authority. What are you doing about your next life? You just be a Christian, come to church on Sunday? What are you doing about your next life? Some people go to college, we just, they just graduated to our next level. They've been in school, preparing for a higher life. Oh yeah, this life here is short. Very short. It may be a hundred years, but when you put it in light of eternity, it's short. And this life, this is the only time you get to prepare for how you're going to be living over there. It may not seem real to you, but this is truth. I'm telling you, this is truth. This is the truth. You know why I like my job? I consider it a great honor. If God will look into the earth... And he says, I want you to work for me. It's the greatest honor for a man. There is no bigger job than this. I don't want the president's job. This is a bigger job. See who employed me. I got to do a good job of it. I got to do a good job of it. But guess what? He's employed every one of us. And many times, please don't get it wrong. You're thinking, pastor wants us to go out so we can fill the church. So what? That's not the real issue. We're dealing with human lives for whom Jesus died. God shed his blood. And he has employed you to be laborer, co-laborer with him to bring these people in. And you have the power to do it. If you would just open your mouth. And not be ashamed of your master. God can use you. It's good when I go to church and I sit back there and I turn around and I see the kid sitting over there with his mother. I don't see them in eternity. In church first, but then there in the presence of the master. There's nothing better than that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you do that, 
you will be such a friend of God. And I, I guarantee you, God's going to send angels to protect you. And unusual things will begin to happen to your life. You know, in Acts, uh, Acts chapter 16, dealing with the story of uh, Paul and Silas, please don't strive. You know, many times people are thinking, I've got to try to be okay with God. No, you can't be okay with God. He already okayed you with him. There's no need for that. And don't tell yourself, I can't, I don't have anything to say. Tell them what God's done in your life. That's better than uh, John 3.16 because you are a true witness. John 3.16 is important. But you are the living John 3.16. When they see what God has done in your life, tell them what God's done in your life, how God changed you, transformed your life. And when you, when you put your feet to that, you will see God, he'll fight for you, fight for your family, he'll take care of you. Troubles will come, but God's there for you constantly. He never disappoints you, not one second. I know that. He'll always take care of you. That's the confidence I have in life. He's going to take care of me. And I'm very sure in my heart, until I'm ready to go home, no, de no devil can take my life. No cancer, no sickness, nothing. No accident, nothing. Because I belong to him. And you belong to him. And if God is God, I got nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing. In, in, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they were walking around, and there was this girl who was demon-possessed, and she was saying to them, these are men of God, they, bring, they, they are here to bring you the good news, the gospel. But Paul knew it was a demon, and she was kind, that kind of a person, uh, uh, that, a fortune teller kind of. And so she brought a lot of money to, to our masters, and, and so they sent her out to do that. But for some reason, this evil spirit uh, was attracted because that evil spirit knew what was in Paul and Silas. And so as they were walking around, the girl kept prophesying this demonic prophecy over them. And Paul got irritated. And Paul knew the consequence. But after a while, he says, no, I can't handle this anymore. Turn to the spirit. Get out of her. And instantly, she lost the power to do a fortune telling. And the masters were very, very upset about that. And so they put Saul, uh, Paul and uh, Silas in prison after beating them. That's the thing about being a witness for Christ. Sometimes you have to go through a very tough time. After beating them, they put them in prison and they commanded the jailer. They said, please, keep him well. And the jailer knew if they, get, if they leave, if something happens and they escape, I'm gone. They'll kill me. So he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in, in, in stock so that they won't go anywhere. But the Bible says in verse 25, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Do you have a midnight situation in your life right now? It's really dark. And it seems nothing has worked. Listen to this. They were singing praises to God. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. 
so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. Do, do you have a midnight situation in your life? You're thinking the situation is hopeless? Maybe it's a time for you to start singing and to pray. They were praying and singing, uh, not secretly, okay? It, they heard them. They were praying and worshiping God. And notice when you are in trouble, Silas didn't say to Saul, you know, we've been very good boys preaching the gospel all over the place. And what wrong have we done that God has allowed us to be put in prison? That's what most people, they ask him questions. That's not your job. It's worship him. Amen? It may be dark. Worship him. The foundation of your troubles will be shaken. When you start praising God, especially when you have been out doing his work. And things go bad with your life. That's not the time to complain. But if you haven't been going out doing what God called you to do, which is to spread the gospel, you may not have too much. But when you've been doing his work and trouble comes to you, it's not a time to complain. Even if it's really dark, that's the time to start praising God. Because as you praise God and you sing hymns to God and people watch, what are they singing about? They have been beaten this evening and now they're singing. What's, this? What's wrong with these guys? They heard them. As you sing and you worship God and you're happy because you know you are in his will, you're doing what he called you to do, the foundation of your troubles will be shaken. Amen. Not only that, every door that's been closed to your life is going to... He said all the doors swung open. Amen. You can go if you want to. Amen. No jailer can keep you back. And not only that, all their chains got broken. All their chains. You get chains, things holding your life back. Don't break. God will break them all. If you maintain the good attitude before him. They were praising and singing hymns to God. And they worshipped God in that situation. And they say, Everybody heard it. Notice, even those that were hearing them, their chains were broken as well. When you were doing stuff for God, and God, you were really anointed doing the work of God, your influence is unlimited. As you are rejoicing, their chains are breaking. And you say, what happened? We didn't sing, but we're getting free. Because you're standing for your God. That's what the Bible means. You are the light of the world. And the salt of the earth. They can't live without you. They'll keep their chains if you're not singing. Amen. They'll keep their chains if you're not praying. The foundations of their troubles will stay in place if you're not singing. If you're not witnessing. If you're not sharing the gospel. You think it was only the jailer that was saved? Probably not. 
you notice the doors were open the doors and everything was open and none of the jailers uh, none of the prisoners moved nobody moved they were in awe they could run out but they sat still wondering oh my god what happened here and not quick It says, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he knew he was going to die. He drew his sword. He was going to kill himself. And Paul said, don't do yourself any harm with a loud voice. It was dark. And you can hear Paul speaking. The one he put in chain, speaking to him, don't hurt yourself. Because God is not in the business of hurting people. Amen? He just wants to shake their prison. Amen? Shake the foundation of the prison so that they can be free. Paul says, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. You notice Paul came in last night. He was the leader of everyone in prison. God always has a way of doing that. Remember Joseph? They put him in prison. Before long, he was the leader. Anywhere you go, when you represent him, you may come in last, but you become the head. Because the Bible says, we'll be head and not tail. Above and never beneath. Never, never will always be the head. He was telling them what to do. Telling the one who put him in jail, uh, I'll save your life, okay? <laughs> I'll save your life. He said the guy came, fell down. Trembling before Paul and Silas, worshiping, basically. What kind of a guy? What kind of guys are you? Who are you? What's going on? He ran down, fell down, trembling before them. He brought them out. And then he said, sirs. What must I do to be saved? I want, I want what you got. That stuff that shook the prison, I want some of it. Let me have some of what you guys got. Tell me, show me how to sing. I'll join you. Show me how to pray. I'm going to join you. Give me what you got. But until you are out there ministering, you'll never see any of these things happening. It's a good thing, believe me, to actually see God's power at work in your own life. It's, 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 you can't explain it. But it's a very good feeling between you and your God. You know, sometimes I walk to people and God will tell me something about them. And they know there is no way there's no way for me to know what, what that thing is. And God just says it, and I, all of a sudden, I just know it. And they tell them, they say, how did you know that? God told me. And they say, yeah, I know. It's just for pastor, no, for every one of us. If you decide, I'm going to start reaching out to souls. You see, Jesus paid such a great price. When you invest in his, in, in his own investment, you're with him as a partner. You see, his death was an investment on this life. He wants to receive some benefit from his investment. When you team up with him, uh, he gives you all his resources 
to make sure he benefits from his investment. That's why God will not tolerate Paul and Silas being in prison. I've got to get them out. Paul told the guy, believe on the, on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. That's the key. I needed to stay there a little bit today. Especially for those of you that have members of your family, especially your immediate family. If they have not been saved, don't worry about it. They are going to be saved. They are going to be saved. They will. Because God is giving the promise. And God cannot lie. I don't care what they're doing. I have never had a doubt from the day my children were born. I don't strive about it. They will serve God. I don't have any doubt about it. They will. They will serve God. And we don't discuss it. We don't do, have uh, morning till night Bible studies so that they can follow. <laughs> God said all your children will be taught of the Lord. So I believe he's helping me teaching to teach them. He, he is their father. Uh, I happen to be father under him. And he's going to bless them. So you can stay on this scripture. Many times these are scriptures that God has given to us. The, Paul tells us that these scriptures, these prophecies have gone before you. That by them, them you might wage a good warfare and win. A good warfare is a warfare that you win. By these prophecies, you can wage a good warfare. God is already giving you his promise. And God is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. You don't have to pardon him to make it good. He knows to make it good. And when you least expect it, he's done with the job. I have that confidence, and I want you to have that confidence in God today. Amen? He wants to bless. Have a passion for the preaching of the gospel. Have a serious passion. I'm going to close with this. It's so important. When I saw this, then I realized a lot of people are doing a lot of things to be great on the earth to be remembered on the earth. Leave stuff or whatever you want to do. But no sooner you're gone and you're forgotten. So tomorrow people are still talking about Smith Wigglesworth. Just a plumber who decided he was going to team up with Jesus and don't care what people think. And I think here in America and all over the world, probably for the next hundred years, people will still be talking about Smith Wigglesworth, a plumber. Just a plumber. But he teamed up with Jesus. That's the key for success in life. What do you want? A name? He's got one. Amen? He's got one. And he stays, that name stays here. Every time you talk about it, people don't know him. But they feel good about this man. Don't know anything about his life, how he lived his life. He teamed up with Jesus, and Jesus used them. Amen? That's all. Paul said this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He 
It says, for if I preach the gospel, in other words, if I preach the good news that you can be free, sin doesn't have dominion over you. Don't tolerate it. Believe this good news. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. In other words, it's not a big deal. If you are a Christian, preaching the gospel shouldn't be a big deal. It's just part of your life. I have nothing to boast about. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. In other words, I am compelled to do this. This is my life. It's no big deal. I have to do this. I'm compelled to do this. He says, yes. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. In other words, he's saying, terrible things will happen to me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. How come this man feels this way and the rest of us don't feel anything? I think this is the same for every one of us, recorded for us by the Holy Spirit to know woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. And if you go further, verse 17, he says, Paul says, if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. If I preach the gospel willingly, can you give me 17, please? For if I do this willingly, if I preach the gospel willingly, I have a reward. Here, and we'll come into that, and after. I have a reward. But if it's against my will, it says I have been entrusted with a stewardship. In other words, I'm not even going to go there. That's what he was saying. Not willingly, I'm not even going to think about that. I'm going to be willing. I have been entrusted with this stewardship. Every one of you is a steward with this gospel today. That's what God is saying. You have been entrusted with this stewardship. Every one of us is a steward of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to go out and share it. You don't have to preach and quote all the scriptures. Just talk about what God is doing in your life in church and what you see among Christians. And when they get in a debate in, in, in your office or where you work, don't be silent. Speak. Say something about what, well, I don't believe that. Tell them what you believe. They may not like you for it, but when they're in trouble, they're coming to you. That's my experience. They always come to you. This preaching of the gospel makes, takes you from the life, or the life of being a natural person into a somewhat supernatural person. It, it does. Because it changes life. It changes your life. And it changes life for them for eternity. Stand up with me this morning. I want us, every one of us, this morning. Last Sunday, I was sharing about my, my friend Samuel that brought me to the Lord. Do you remember the story, Samuel? I wish everybody here is Samuel. 
He never gave up on me. That man kept coming. He, was in a, he was never preaching the gospel to me constantly. All he was doing was inviting me. Why don't you come with me to church? Please come. Please come. Every Sunday, every week, he was reminding me, why don't you come? And I'm glad he didn't quit on me. We were co-workers, so he must have seen me acting silly. But he still stayed with me. Keep coming. And he says, good luck, you can be just like me. I tell him, no, no. I don't think you really understand who you're talking to. I can't. Leave me alone. But he kept coming. He kept coming. There may be somebody in your life. You are the lifesaver. You don't know what God's going to do with them in the future. Somebody brought Billy Graham to the Lord. Do you know that? Somebody brought him, brought him to the Lord. You might be that person. Talk to them. They might tell you they don't want to hear for the first time. But when trouble comes, they're coming back to you. Let God use you. Amen? Let God use you. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. And, 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 and tell God what you want with regards to what you just heard. It's between you and him. Between you and him. God, make me a witness for you. God, I don't want my life to be ordinary. I want to reproduce for Christ. I want to bear fruit. I want to bring people to the kingdom. That's what we're talking about. It's not about filling church. They don't have to come to this church, but let them be in the church. That's what we're after. God, make me a witness. Make me a witness. Help me to share the gospel. Take fear away from me. Because when you do that, you are united with Christ in baptism and in every way to win people to the Lord. I know, you know, for my wife, that's one of her driving thing in her heart. Angela wants to reach the world, and I'm praying, God, you got to help us. We need to do, we need to reach there. We need to reach there. We need to reach there. And God's going to make a way, I believe, through the wilderness. If you're ready, God will open the Red Sea. If you're ready, God will open River Jordan so you can walk through. God will make you walk on water if you're ready. God will do these signs and miracles. Just invite them. Just invite them. Please come with me to church. Come with me and experience God. On the 29th of uh, September, we're going to be having a huge healing service here. We're going to be inviting everybody. I was thinking about putting out a big board somewhere, maybe television ad. We're going to be seeing miracles. Spread the word. Spread the word. And God, they'll see a miracle. I'm not going to say you may see a miracle. No, I know they will see a miracle. They no doubt they will see God do a miracle right here. So we spread the word. And please don't sit back. If we are all united, watch what God will do. And once that begins to happen in our church, every family in this church, God will protect. So that you are happy in what you're doing so we can do his work. And we will begin to reach the world. That's my dream. Will this dream be fulfilled? Can you use the word, I bet you? No. <laughs> it's going to be fulfilled. Amen? 
is good. Let's lift our hands up to God again and just begin to thank Him. And you have a vision what God will do through you. Believe in that vision. And I'm going to tell the Holy Spirit to give birth to that vision that you have in your heart right now before God. You are not going to be ordinary. I don't know. I don't care where you came from. If you are here at the Ark Fellowship, God's going to use you. I don't care what they told you before. This is a new day. This is a new day. A new day has arrived. We are going upward. Like my wife said this morning, we are going to another level. Amen. Can I hear an amen? We are going to another level. We are going to another level. No demon can hold us back. God's going to be doing great things among us. God's going to be using you and God's going to be using me. It's not talk, talk Christianity. We want to see the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God and we will see it. We will see it. We will see it. We will see it in Jesus' name. We will. We will. Father God, I want to thank you that your Holy Spirit is working hand in hand with us here at the Ark Fellowship. Lord, we're not going to look, just look at the things that we can see with our eyes, but we are trusting with, with you, uh, in your spirit and trusting what we're seeing with our own eyes spiritually the great things that you are bringing to the Ark Fellowship. We are going to another level in the name of Jesus. Great servants of God are going to be born out of this place and they're going to be reaching out into all the world and God's going to be doing great miracles through them in the name of Jesus. Every need is going to be met. Every financial need is going to be met. Every emotional need is going to be met. Every mental need is going to be met in the name of Jesus every relationship needs going to be met in jesus name so that we can do what god has called us to do amen we are going to get there nobody can stop us no devil can stop us no demon can stop us every word that has been spoken and is going to be spoken against it that's done away with with the blood of jesus god bless you we're dismissed